Welcome to At The Root. I am your host, Greg Kuiper, and this is the place and time we talk about connection. Not Wi-Fi connection, not Bluetooth connection, not a flight connection, but emotional connection with others and with ourselves. And yes, I did say emotional connection with ourselves. We're going to be talking about today. How can we possibly have connection with family members, friends, or our partners at a sincere emotional level if we haven't figured out how to have that kind of connection with ourselves? These are the kind of topics we're going to talk about on this show, and I hope you will join me each week as we go on this discovery together. I am a practicing psychotherapist, just to let you know where I'm coming from. I'm also a holistic life coach, a recovering addict and alcoholic, and a deeply spiritual person. I am joined today by one of my producers, Stacy Heller. Hello, Stacy. Hello, hello. How are you today? I am doing great. And after Valentine's Day, it is a... Yesterday, it was our daughter Annie's birthday. She was born on Valentine's Day. And in her birthday card, I inscribed that she has been our best teacher to appreciate self-love. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. It's like a generational thing where she has really taught me so much about she has held my feet to the fire and kept me accountable um, reminding me in my messaging and my modeling what I need to do. There you go. My brother also has a birthday on Valentine's Day. Wow, look at that. Yes, there you go. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about emotional connection with ourselves and others and how that involves attunement, right? That's mm-hmm. where we've been headed. And attunement is this reciprocal exchange of sensitive sensitivities and awareness between us. We discovered that we really can't have that exchange with others if we can't have it with ourselves. And that's kind of where we left it last week. Mm -hmm. So what what do we mean there? I mean, how do we have an exchange of sensitivities and awareness with ourselves? So I think the operative word here is ourselves, ourselves. And so how many selves do I have in here? Or how many selves do you have? There's just one of me. But if I look at the external life around me, right? I'm a therapist. I'm a parent, a husband, grandparent, a brother. You're a mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have all these hats we wear. And uh, I'm a radio host, too. Right? Yes, you are. But all of these external parts are are part of me, part of myself. And they are individual parts of me that come out, if you will, when I'm in these roles, right? When we're doing these roles around. Do they interact, combine? Do they work together? Sure. Depending on the situation or the function at hand. And I guess they can kind of work against each other too, right? I'm thinking of, yeah, and so every time, whenever whenever you talk about these things, I always think through, um, you know, metaphors, analogies, that kind of thing. So I'm thinking of, like, the dinner party guest or host, and, you know, people arrive and you, you get that, you know, hello, welcome, and, oh, yeah. you know, that 
that vibe that you sort of put on, right? So it's the role as host. And so then I think being connected with it is, you know, is going back and I imagine deciding, do you, A, even want to host people? And do you have to do it in that way? Right. Or you go back in the kitchen and go, I was hoping she wouldn't come. I- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. So, you know, I'm thinking in those terms, in term, you know, the, the roles that you play and how authentic or how much in touch with those roles you are. Right. How aware you are of them. It's hard not to be aware of this external stuff, though, as the more I think about it here and its various parts. Because if you're a parent, you pretty much know that you're a parent. And I wonder how much for some of us it kind of stops with the knowledge of the role, right, the function of the role. How much awareness do we have of, of our methods, our rules of engagement, if you will, or, or even the impact we're having on others as we play those roles? That makes me think of, um, I have these, these things that I say to my kids and to others, and one of them is about, as a parent, I find it's important to, I'm making an assumption here that the message is coming from a place of love and experience and guidance, et cetera, right? right? So I don't necessarily feel that as a parent I should apologize for the message, but I do feel that I need to apologize for the delivery. Yeah, that, the approach. Right? And so, you know, that frantic get your finger out of the socket or, you know, you you just – the place of panic or worry or upset or frustration or distractedness or whatever that you answer from, that's not what you want your child or whomever it is to connect with. And yet that's the thing that you latch on to very often, right? Or what other right, people latch right. on to. Right. I mean, somebody runs into you on home on the way home from work. You're upset. Right. Got a fender bender. You, you take it out on somebody at home. It, it happens all the time. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's tricky to navigate. It is very tricky. I, you know, there's also another self that I call, it's our internal self, right? And I think it's much more um, easy to exhibit control over this external self that we have, all these roles that we play. And the inner, but this internal self, right, all these parts that are inside us can be kind of a rowdy bunch, right? I mean, oh. a hurtful bunch. Yes. You know? Well, and and the the infighting, <laughs> infighting and the yes. and the talking that they do in your head when you go to sleep at night, and yeah. you know all of that, it can be deafening at times. It can. You know, we're talking about we're talking about things here like a jealous part or an angry part, a betrayed part. The little child part that's still in there, the loyal soldier, guilty part, ashamed part, all those kind of things that that are in there because of of what we have, of the interactions that we've had over time, right? And of course, let's not forget, too, there's the happy part or the peaceful part. I mean, they're in there, too. Um, But all of these parts make up our internal self. So we've got an external self and an internal self. That's the way I look at it. So the external self is made up of all the roles we play in the world. 
and our internal self is made up of those parts we've created over our lives essentially to cope with situations or cope with feelings. So there's another self, I think, and I call this one our real self, right? And this is the one that's always been there. You can call it the spirit, the soul, consciousness, whatever, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. however you like to explain it. But it's been there since you were born, you know. And I believe it's always been there way beyond this physical existence, but that's just my opinion. Um, regardless, it's, it's definitely been there the whole time we've been alive, since we were born. And in the womb, really, because there, there's mounting evidence that this emotional attunement we've been talking about uh, is happening between mother and child in vitro also. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at birth, this real self is the pureness, right? The, it's vulnerable. It, it hasn't been affected by life, if mm-hmm. you will. It's attuned with itself, and it's open. It's ready to do its part in the exchange of sensitivities and awareness with others, right? As much awareness as it had. We've talked about what happens next over the next months and years as this real self receives the sensitivities and awareness from others in this reciprocal process of attunement. Mm-hmm. Rarely, I, I believe in this uh, real self, the, the real self interacting with other real selves in this attunement, right? And, and certainly not long. Um, our external self starts to develop. It just happens, right? We become a daughter. We become a granddaughter. As time moves on, we become a playmate or a classmate or a student. Or it, it just, these things happen happen to us. Sometimes we choose them, sometimes we don't, right? Um, I just look back sometimes, I wonder how in the world did I develop all these roles, these external things that, that have happened to me over all these years? You know? mm-hmm. How did I become a psychotherapist? How did <laughs> I, you know, I mean, um, there are so many paths that we can take or could have taken. And we end up with the roles that that we are in now. I don't know how, how it works. I don't know. Uh, it reminds me of the movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, all of these moments in your life that, you know, if in the movie, like, you know, she made the um, the subway. Um, I think it was in England, so that's not what it's called. But... Um, and versus the life that you would have if she didn't make it. So the roles that you have and how they impact you versus if you didn't have those roles and, you know, the hangups that come with that. It makes me think of, as you're talking about this, it makes me think of actors, right? What's my motivation behind the role? I'm playing the part of a coworker, And, you know, so what's my motivation? And, you know, all of those things. And so, right. you know, you're talking about something is, not how to, A, how you present, or B, what perhaps your motivation for the role is, but you're talking about even going further into that real self 
and how that touchstone can be there. Right. And this internal self emerges too, you know, as we accept these roles that, that, that and we get to, we begin to play the parts and they're generally um, used as coping mechanisms, right? So, right. So how we play the role is based on how we're going to survive the role best. Yes? Right. Okay. So, yeah, these internal roles develop most often in order to cope with with the influence of all these other selves around us, these other people's internal and external selves. And this just goes on for years and years and years, and we've talked about it. We're on autopilot. It, sure. It keeps going. And But but what happened to the real self? Where did it go? You know, the one with the purity and the sensitivity and the truth, the one we were born with that's the real you. You know, it could come to the rescue. It could be the knight in shining armor here, right? But, but where did it go? Where is it? And I think we, we hide it or it just becomes hidden. Well, and how do you recognize it? Even if it were to rear its head, how do you recognize that it's because I would imagine if we have built a foundation of all of these personas and roles and ways of coping, et cetera, mm-hmm. that our real selves might be a little inconvenient to those choices that we've made over time. Uh, very inconvenient. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, yeah. Right. And yeah. so how do you then A, recognize it and then B, accept it? Yeah. Oh, or find it. I mean, it's in there. It's always there. We, we, it never changes. We always have the pure, this is my belief anyway, we always have this pure uh, inner self that's the real you uh, without all these other encumbrances, if you will. And it's always there. It's just kind of hanging out in the wings or whatever. You know, it takes a, at some point as, as we start developing these external lives, there's the external self and our internal self with all these um, the inputs from there, and we become more and more aware of those, we lose the awareness of the real self. You know, it takes a back seat, and then it gets shoved to the back of the bus, right? Mm-hmm. And then all the baggage gets piled on top of it in the back of the bus, and, and then it's like, where is it? We don't know. We forgot. And uh, it, it, it's always there. And I think this is where all this awareness comes in that we keep, you and I keep talking about. We become of our we become aware of our real self, and at the same time, we can become aware of how much attention, how much awareness we're giving to our internal and external selves. Right? I mean, that's that's where the focus is, and how do we balance out this? Um, we learn to listen less to the internal and external self, and more to our real self. Right? We balance it somehow. Um, the voice of, I like to call it, the, we listen to the voice of purity and truth rather than the voice of fear because that's most often where these, the internal and the external self come from is a voice of fear. It's been given to us, handed to us, taught to us, mm-hmm. pounded into us, whatever, oh. over time. And meanwhile, the, 
real selves in the back of the bus, buried in the baggage and or in the closet, shut away. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's like an inner hope chest. Yeah, yeah. Like back in the old days, you know, you had a hope chest, right? And you put the things that were the most precious in there right. for you to take on into That's your it. future. And so it's like that real self that you're talking about is this thing that was put away in your hope chest. Right. And we don't really, we've almost made it so precious that we don't ever like check in with it or use it. Yeah. I mean, I, we think of it, I, uh, another way to look at that is like a, a little chest, right, that you're talking mm-hmm. about. And when we open it, is it a Pandora's box or is it a treasure chest? Right. right, and that what we want is the treasure chest, and we, if we can, think of it as being a treasure chest, we're more likely to open it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, curiosity. We're, curiosity, we're more likely to go there. If we think of it as a Pandora's box, I'm going to lock it up, and it's going to stay locked. Right, dread. Yeah. So. How do we? quiet that or how do we approach the box how do we you know i mean these are all like big questions about this right first of all we got to find it right we got to remember where we put it or remember where it went and then approach it with a sense of curiosity and adventure right to find out what is in there most of the time we're this curiosity comes to us in, in times of change, right? Or in times of change. In times where things aren't going right in our lives. Right. Whatever it is. Relationships, the job, just internal peace. Whatever it is, if things aren't going right and, and we want to change. Mm-hmm. Are we... Maybe we don't want it, but we need a change. Sure. Like the role and, is no longer relevant or right. we're not doing so well with the role. Yeah. We're tired of playing those roles. Mm-hmm. And the real self is there to to come out and and help us with that, I think, as soon as we find it. And um, This reminds me of um, when I used to work with um, an image consultant. Uh-huh. I would focus on accessories a lot. You know, things, the type of thing that, you know, family jewelry that you put away, like, in the hope chest for some day, right? And you never wore it because you didn't want it to be stolen. You didn't want it to be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And so the the argument that I made with clients very often is it's already been stolen from you by hiding it away. So, you know, the, the people that you're afraid of stealing it from you, okay, they're not going to take it, but you took it from yourself. And that's reminds me of what you're saying to us is that, you know, you're worried about these roles and these internal self and the external selves taking this, but we've almost taken it from ourselves first. We have. And, and then it's just become automatic over all this time. I mean, we don't, we don't think about putting awareness to this internal and external self. It's just there. And in order to function in today's busy world, we just it just keeps going, and and now things aren't right. We're not feeling good, it's uncomfortable. There's a feeling of loss, or or um, 
trouble mm-hmm. in our lives. And we want to find a way to get around that. And I, I think that's where the real self comes back into play because that's where the truth is. And um, so being able to find that and, and then put our awareness towards it. What is this? And how can I be in that space with that awareness rather than always in this other space with the awareness of the guilty part or the shameful mm-hmm. part or the angry part or the, the way too busy corporate executive part, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got all these parts vying for us, vying for, for our attention, I guess, if you will, our awareness. And that real self needs to be a part of it. What's interesting is the exercise that you've let us in before and that you you have people do this awareness piece. In the beginning, you what I have found when doing this is that I may not necessarily connect with my real self, but what I do connect with is how many of these external and internal selves I have by being quiet. And I, I have this mental image that I use, like it's like a bucket that if I'm, Mm. if I'm lying somewhere and a thought comes into my head, I sort of say, okay, I'm going to put that into my bucket. I'll think about that later. I'll unload this later. And the number of thoughts that come from those external, I don't have time for this, or I can hear the cat meowing or whatever, Mm -hmm. or internal shoulds, woulds, um, can, can't, um, won't, those thoughts come into your head. So in the beginning, it's like the first step is just realizing these layers that you're talking about and being comfortable with just putting them in this bucket to the side for a while until you can quiet all of that. Yeah. And and remember, we call it the real self here Mm -hmm. that we want to, to listen to and, and be aware of. And, does that make the external and the internal self unreal? No, but they're not true, right? If we can just quiet those thoughts and emotions that surround those selves long enough to just quietly be in peace with the real self. That's where we went ahead with this. With awareness, I think. I know it is. Um, The more we can train ourselves to uh, be in tune with the real self, the more we can balance our lives and not be so uh, focused, have the focus for our attention, be on the troubles and uh, all of those internal parts that, are being rowdy mm-hmm. inside us, mm-hmm. causing problems. And those internal parts that I just call a rowdy or whatever, or unhelpful, you know, those internal parts are the parts that make our external lives more difficult, right? Here we are, a teacher, a mother, whatever. And if our internal parts are in turmoil, how can we be as effective as that parent or 
teacher as we can be, right? We can't. Right. I'm thinking of it in terms of like the narrative, right? So if the inner narrative is um, I'm not close to my significant other um, because of fill in the blank reasons why, then that affects the external self and how you interact with, how you connect and whatever. Meanwhile, the real self, there may be something there that if you were to pull away all of those narratives and those external relationships, you might find something out. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And those are the times when, we're, when, when we start feeling the need for change. It's just kind of an, an, a nagging feeling sometimes. And in those moments, it's the time that we want to uh, look for different awareness. Do you think it's a need for change or do you think it's a, an intrinsic need to feel like you're going home or going back? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Right? That's when you get it, yeah. that like itchy sense right. that I'm thinking of, you know, it's like. That's very good. Yeah. Right? When we feel that, perhaps what we're really feeling is that we need to get back to ourselves. We need to go take the baggage off of the real self in the back of the bus and get it up to the front of the bus. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're, we're missing. And at some point when we miss that, when it comes to such a, a level that, that, uh, we want to go looking for it. That's when we can find that awareness, I think. Oh. This is difficult stuff. Yeah, it is. And, and you know what we're going to do? What, let's go into some skills and some tools to help us find this awareness so that, so that as we're looking around wherever it is, in the bus, wherever mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. for this real self, we've got some, some methods that we can use to find it. Uh, yeah, so that's okay. where we're going to go. All I right. Think. Meanwhile, if people want to connect with you, they can listen to At The Root on their preferred podca- podcast platform, or they can go to kypercounseling.com to learn more about you, learn about your webinars, and read your blog. That's right. And remember, at the root of connection is awareness. So please stay aware out there. See you next week.